Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. How are you doing, man? Last, second to last day. At the second to last day. Second to last day. It's Saturday. We come back on Monday. This has been, uh, it's been a pleasure cruise. Well, <laughs> it's almost been back a pleasure to reality. Cruise. Back to reality. It, Step to reality. I don't know how that song goes, but I like it. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. That's exactly how it goes. No, there's, uh, Something to be said about disappearing and going off grid and, you know, finding inner peace and all of that other jazz. I don't know if I found any of that, but uh, I found a handful of Northerns, a bunch of bass. I found that uh, 18 beers and then shots of uh, Southern Comfort is not a good idea. And uh, I Mid-week, found that, uh, you give me a call and... And it was like, I don't know, like nine in the morning. You're like, dude, last night when I, it was like, I almost fell over 18 times. I was like, no, that's <laughs> once per beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. But it happens. What are you supposed to do? Right. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to enjoy yourself on your vacation. My uh, uh, kids and wife are in the lake right now. The uh, sun is shining. There isn't a cloud in the sky and there isn't a drop of breeze. It has been dang near perfect every day we've been out here. Dude, it has not stopped raining here in El Paso. Every day this week we've got rain. I've got family coming over today. A cousin of mine from Spain um, is in town and he's coming over with his kids. And then his brother, which is also obviously my cousin, is coming over with his kids. He's from L.A., um, and then a couple cousins from here. So it's just going to be like a big, huge cousin get together for a pool party. And it's just drizzling nonstop, dude. And I know the kids are not going to give a shit about jumping in the pool as long as there's no lightning. But what I'm stressed out about is tracking in mud and grass into my house in and out all day long. And that's what I'm not looking forward to. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. Even on a nice dry day, it happens, right? The pool gets wet. The grass gets wet around the pool. Right. This is this is what happens, especially when you got, you know, my, my do you have a lot of smokers, cigarette smokers? Only one. My uncle uh, is a smoker, but I've got a huge I've got like one huge ashtray that was like my grandfather's from fuck, dude, like 1920. It's pretty fucking cool. And then I've got like three or four. So I just lay them around. It like kill a guy. Well, it's it's, it's like a pedestal, dude. It's pretty fucking cool because it's yeah. a pedestal yeah. and then it opens up on the top. Yeah. So when you yeah. throw it in there, it's like smokeless or whatever. So yeah. I, I, I hope he is intrigued by it and he uses it nonstop. That way I don't get butts all over my yard. But I've got a, I've got ashtrays all over the place. So I should be okay on the ashtray front and ashes and cigarette butts all over the yard. But um, I threw in nine pounds of that Wagyu brisket again and been smoking it since about eight this morning. It'll be ready about six o'clock this afternoon. Beauty. So, Beauty. That'll be perfect. Now you're using your smoker weekly. Yeah, I didn't last week, but that was just because of my uh, health condition and the fact that I thought yeah. I was going to die. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to be doing this once a week, man. I got a really nice pork butt, but it just wasn't big enough for everybody. It was a six pound pork putt and I've got about 20 people coming over. So I decided to go with the other half of the cow that I have left over from the last smoke that I did. And that came out good. So I'm going to stick with what I know, right? Like not try something new because I know pork, chicken, 
beef all cook at different temp, not different temperatures, but just the timing and everything. So I've got the timing down on this. It's 70 minutes a pound. So that's six, 630 minutes. So about 10 hours. Um, but I put it yeah. up to 235 right off the bat instead of 220 to cook it a little bit faster. Cause it's pretty fucking thick, man. Like it's a big fucking chunk of meat, like big chunk meat. So yeah. We'll see what happens, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I would check it after. Years. I would check it after six hours. Okay. Yeah, because that's what happened yeah. last time. I let it in. I left it in there about 45 minutes too long. So it's better to pull it out early. And even if I have to wrap it in aluminum foil and it's a little under, I'll just toss it in the oven at 220. You know, covered in wrap it in aluminum foil, wrap yep. it in a towel, and then put it in a cooler. Okay. I'll do that. The man. meat takes forever to lose its heat. It'll continue to cook itself. But yeah, I would check it after six hours. Like, you know, the, the best thing to do is to leave it the hell alone for as long as possible. Yeah. Right. Just let it sit there in that constant heat and without opening and closing the smoker. Right. So the best thing to do is to let it sit there as long as possible. But yeah, I would, uh, I, I would check it at six hours. Okay. Yeah. I'll, 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 10 is always a it, really long time. I will post right? And remember, picture. you could cut that bad boy in half. I didn't want do to do it that. Half the time. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to do that this time because I cut the last one in half and maybe it was a little too small because it was, you know, like six pounds or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's already kind of in big chunks that are like stuck together. It's not like one giant piece of meat. It's got crevices and stuff. So yeah. it, it's got some space in there to cook. But yeah, I'll definitely wrap it, man. That sucking that smoker is just booming, dude. I bet you my neighbors are probably jerking off right now at the smell. <laughs> to the smoke. That's a weird thing to jerk off to. <laughs> Speaking of things to jerk off to, did anybody watch Dobbs climb the ladder 360 that kid in the corner? Dude, you know, we're gonna have to put up with two different things with him. He's gonna give us one or two wow ways of game wow plays a game um probably a td a game man like this dude is just he is a red zone monster he is phenomenal but the drops are there man what i like about him though is he just turns around ignores it like nothing phases him and just moves on to the next play and then makes a huge play right after that and makes up for it so not too worried i think it'll take a little time you know but man that dude is good Right. And then, uh, you know, who else I, 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 as I was watching highlights out here, the other guy that I liked was uh, Winfrey. Winfrey had a couple of nice routes. He had a couple of nice catches. He had one great catch on a second and one that was uh, probably about a 21 yard right along the sidelines. Winfrey, but you know, Winfrey does this to me every year. Yeah. You know? And you know, he had the same number of catches as Dobbs. They both went. Like, you know, Winfrey went three for 41 with that 21 yarder that you're talking about. The guy looks yeah. clean, man. Like what, what both of these guys are doing and, and I might have to throw um, Tyler Davis in there as well on the one route that I saw him really like where he was part of the play and targeted. He was like the first read. He was open, man. Like these guys are getting open, which is exactly what we talked about with this Lafleur offense it's not about uber targeting and having the guy absolutely have to on his own merit win these guys are getting schemed open with beautiful play action man that that is one step that i saw jordan love take and these guys were wide open but you know Dobbs yeah had jordan drops. love looked jordan love looked fantastic i hope bears and vikings fans right now are shitting their pants because guess what this kid is legit they're starting to chirp they're like oh how can you call fields a bust but not jo and call jordan love the next coming and i was like it's not that so first off uh jordan love has not played a full regular season or enough of one of a sample size he's played one game that's it <laughs> he's played one game yeah dude yeah. so but he did he was a lot more decisive he was stepping into the throws the one int he threw it looked like amari rogers or him like it was this they were not on the same page and you could tell that Love was visually frustrated after that throw. So I think Amari was not where he was supposed to be on that. And that caused that turnover. But, you know, 52% completion, not great. But you throw some drops in there um, and just some throws. Like he had one that was just, oh, man, beautiful pass down the seam inside the first hash, man. Just nailed it in there. And the 
it was perfect because he defended his uh, wide receiver, you know, coming across the middle, you know, just trying to get that ball. And he put it in the perfect spot because he didn't put it in front of him because then he was going to lean straight into this safety. And the problem is that he just held on a second too long to give that safety time to come down, but he put it right behind him and he came down and Dobbs just could not hold it through contact, you know, but it was just a beautiful throw, decisive, right on the money, man. It was, it was a great throw because he threw it just where he can catch it. Most people, he threw it behind him. No, he threw it where his dude was not going to fucking die and get his head clipped off. You know, it was beautiful. He was trying to stop the receiver. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like, Like there are times when it's thrown behind because you can see that there's nobody in front of that wide receiver and he can continue forward. And then there's times where you throw it behind the receiver so that the receiver turns his back to the incoming contact. Right. And, and that's the difference. Now, when I grew up wide receivers, a bitch either way, if they got hit the moment they caught it, they were like, why'd you hang me out to dry there, bro? (laughs) And those decisions are, are the progression that I saw this week. So wasn't a perfect outing, but he should have been probably like 220, two touchdowns, you know, as opposed to one and one with 113 or 14 yards. Let's see what he threw for it was. Yeah, 113 but, yards, 12 for 24. But but again, right? Matter. This isn't game planning. This is play planning. They're getting they're getting Dobbs working. They're getting Davis working. They're getting and you know who who's the who's the tight end? Canella, oh, and, Clara. Yeah, uh, Anella. Yeah, Canella. Yeah, yeah, Canella. And then, and then Ty Summers too. Ooh, like these are your three games to show that you belong on the roster. And Ty yep. Summers, I mean, I think Ty Summers' cleats are still in the ground. Yep, he's, I think after this week, I agree. I think he's done. Um, Deguara, I don't know because Elise Mack did not have a very good game, and he had a lot of snaps. I was looking at the snap counts this morning because I was curious, right? Because yeah. they, they were bringing guys in and out. It was hard to track who was coming in, who was coming out, other than the offensive line, which I was able to do. But, um, you know, Winfrey has made a case for himself again, and I think it's just the fact that he knows this offense. This is his second full year in this offense, right? So – he contributed. Remember that Arizona game? He was the number one target in that game. So he's a he's serviceable and he's consistent. He's not really yeah. flashy, but he's making the play. Not not much after that, but he's making what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. The defense on the other side, McDuffie. Duffman. Six tackles, two assisted tackles, man. And he was flying to the ball this is probably the best set of linebackers that i have seen on this team in a very very long time dude. and you know what's 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 interesting is uh you put quay walker in there and suddenly the linebacker room becomes that much more competitive because the writing is on the wall right before it was ramsey and and uh, barnes and all these other guys and nobody really wanted to step up to the plate and there was the occasional flash and now we're seeing some incredible linebacker work and it's because you look over and you got quay walker standing there i mean you want to do something you know you, you want to make the hockey team and gretzky's playing your spot you got to do something pal <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And they're treating him like a starter, dude. And looking at the snap counts, I was hoping to see a little bit more of him. But he's the obvious, obvious two on the team right now for linebacker. McDuffie's oh, yeah. three. And then probably at four, um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Chris Barnes is going to be there, obviously, because he's, he's playing pretty good, man. He just... You know, he is just, he's, I guess A.J. Hawk is the best comparison where the dude just doesn't miss tackles, but he's no, there's no tackles for loss. There's eight yards gained, but nothing after that. Just a really short tackler, you know, like that's what Chris Barnes is. He's a run defender, um, but he plays so far off the line. He doesn't react as quickly as he should, but once he gets it, the play's diagnosed and he's done. So I think it's going to be Chris Barnes, McDuffie, Walker, and Campbell are our top four linebackers at this point after week two. Uh, TJ Slayton looks pretty good out there. Whew. 
disruptive man (laughs) right again now we have now we have wyatt clark reed slayton right like now we have four you put in a combination any of these two and then the few times they ran where they ran four of them dude there's going to be some pressured quarterbacks this year I mean, and with guys like Quay Walker and Smith and Gary, Gary, who quite honestly scares me a little bit. <laughs> you know? Dude, look, I mean, just look at these numbers. And obviously, we're, we're down on the depth chart with a lot of these guys. I mean, these are three, four. This is three and four linebackers. But Ray Wilborn, seven total tackles, one assisted tackle, one sack. Isaiah McDuffie, six tackles, two assists. Is KB on uh, or Keandre Thomas, five total, one assisted. And then Chris Slayton, five and two. Sean Davis at safety even had five tackles. He had an up and down game, but guess what, man? He did not allow a catch. Five targets, yeah. no catches. That's yeah. where you're like, dude, that's what you need to do as a safety. Not concerned about anything else. And then the problem is that Vernon Scott, on a reach tackle looks like he hyperextended his pec or his shoulder or something in there, man. And it looks like that opened the door for Sean Davis for that number three spot. And I don't think Vernon Scott's going to be playing next week. And with him playing next week, if Sean Davis can be targeted five times and not allow any catches. Well, and, and, and remember now these aren't starters. Our starters are sitting on the bench waiting, right? They're going to see a little bit of action this next game a little bit just maybe a series or two or even a full quarter right probably not going to see Aaron Rodgers probably not going to see you know there'll be a handful of guys we probably won't see right I would imagine mm-hmm. we'd see AJ Dillon out there I don't know I think between Goodson and Dexter Williams I think they're not even going to take a chance with our running backs at this point at all to even twist an ankle or have anything with them because Goodson's the three dude that dude is very good. The problem is 2.7 after contact. Kind of the same issue with this offensive line as last year, man, where it's just like hit cloud of dust. You know, they're, there's not, they're not getting a lot of push on that offensive line. They're not losing. The guys aren't getting hit in the backfield, but there's really not much there. Do you think that's a product of the offensive line or more the product of these running backs with, that don't have the vision that an Aaron Jones or an A.J. Dillon do? Well, the offensive line, imagine there's five garage doors all in a row. The offensive line is supposed to open one of those for the running back to go through. If the offensive line does not get the push to open that up, what's the running back supposed to do? I mean, we saw it last year with AJ Dillon constantly getting hit in the backfield, but he was so strong. He was able to shed that first tackle and actually get positive yards. Can you imagine if he hit the hole clean? and came through on those linebackers in the secondary there uh, after he's had five or six running steps? We've seen it, and he just destroys people. He kills people. He's like a, he's like a subway going through the middle of, you know, a, a Grand Central. Like, it's just, you got to get out of the way, and people start making business decisions. Now, am I worried about the offensive line? No, not yet. Two reasons. Stanovich, and it's game two. They're still trying stuff. And right? three for me, buddy, is that – so they tried Zach Tom at right tackle, and then they had Hanson at center, which did not work out, to be honest with you. I mean, he looked like a revolving door when he was in the middle there. But when we got into that fourth quarter, and it was six straight punts, dude, by both teams. It was terrible. Like, it was like, come on. Well, that's like, what happens. That's what happens when the fifth string guys are out there. Yeah, it was just punt, 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 punt. And then – um they bring in Caleb Jones, bro. As soon as they bring in Caleb Jones and behind Zach Tom and Caleb Jones, all they did was run the ball with Dexter and Dexter went nine yards, nine yards, catch for 10 yards, run for 15 yards, and then the touchdown to Dobbs. Like that was okay. literally so the when you, So when you watch those, when you watch those plays right there, those four plays, those four plays are the first four plays of a series that gets installed. They go right back to basics, day one basics, right? And they go, these are the plays that you learned on the first day. Do you know them? 
Because if you do not know the plays from the very first day, which was months ago, then you can't be out here. Yeah. Right? And that's that's one thing. You know, Aaron Rodgers gets grief. He speaks, he gets grief. He doesn't speak, he gets grief. He scratches his ass, he gets grief. They wonder why he doesn't scratch his ass. I mean, Tom Brady right now is probably on the mass Singer or some shit. And uh, uh, nobody, you know, everybody's just like, oh, well, he's still... He's still great. It's okay. It, it, it. Poor Aaron Rodgers is out there saying, listen, if you don't want, and especially after that first game, because Jordan Love's out there and he looked pretty good, but we got wide receivers bumping into each other, wide receivers running the wrong route, doing different audibles. You know, they're, they, they're, they look like a bunch of kids just running around scrambling. And the key is, is they need to make sure that they know the play and where they're supposed to be. And Aaron comes out and says, now's the time. If you don't know the plays and you don't want to know the plays, get out. Like, we can't be wasting time on guys who just are just going to fucking dial it in, right? They're just going to phone it in. We got to be spending time on the guys, you know, like a Dobbs or, you know, even Amari Rogers, Right. Amari's been working his ass off. He looks leaner, thinner. He looks uh, 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 stronger. Still got a little bit of kinks in the giddy up, but you know we we got to spend more time on those guys that are that are in there and they're mentally committed. You know that's and it, it showed through. You look at the guys that have been in the offense that have done their job. You know, like Amari Rogers had a ton of snaps. They really, really pushed him. And he did fine. He even did a beautiful end around for seven yards. You know, everything that you expect from the guy that you hope to see a lot more of. And he stepped up, obviously, Winfrey, who had quite a bit as a starter. You know, he, he started in Arizona, has something. And then Dobbs is just Dobbs, right? Like, he, man, let's let's not crucify him or say he's the next coming of Jesus. There's a long way to go. But the dude is – the dude's a baller, and once you get Lazard in there and Sammy Watkins in there, and what I love, dude, is with Dobbs, they were putting him right up against the line and doing that cleanup duty the way that uh, Lazard does on the blocking on a lot of plays. So there's a lot of times that that's the stuff that people need to see as well, not just these flashy plays, but the fact that he is sticking his head in there and doing a pretty damn good job taking on safeties that are crashing into the box late, you know, or whatever assignment he has on that blocking assignment on those running plays. He did very, very well with that as well. And that's what you need. You need guys to understand on every play, whether the ball's coming to you or not, be in the right place. And Dobbs is doing that. Winfrey's doing that right now. And, you know, I, I saw Dobbs run one route along the sidelines months ago. Mm-hmm. And I watched. He was perfect technique. Textbook this is like if you were to CGI what it's supposed to look like, this is what it's supposed to look like. And that's when I said to you, this is a player. Yep. This is a player. This is somebody who's mastering a craft. He's not one of these guys that goes out there and half-asses it. This is a guy that's like every single inch of my person needs to be in exact synchronicity. And when you have somebody like that, that's what happens with Devontae Adams. That's what happens with, you know, uh, all of these other greats is that, they don't want to be good. They want to be the greatest of all time. They want to be the most perfect. And Dobbs, Dobbs's route running is right on. His technique is right on. Watch the way his head moves when he's making his breaks and stuff. His head doesn't bob up and down like these other wide receivers. It stays in the same motion. So it's not a key. And the way he lines up as a DB, you watch him line up. He doesn't line up differently. So that's not a key. So you're standing there staring at this guy, hoping that he gives you any, any type of clue, right? We used to play against, we used to play against a running back that uh, if both of his, he would line up in, uh, in like uh, a three point position, right? And uh, if, if both of his feet were down, it was a pass. If one foot was up, let's say he had his right foot up, that means he was going to the left. He was going to push off with his right foot and go to the left. Mm-hmm. And the opposite to the left would go to the right. And I would peek over the line and then I would go, I, then I'd shift right, shift right, shift right, fill in, fill in. <laughs> and they were, and, and I remember their other coach, 
was like, you've got the greatest safety in the world. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, thank you very much. And the coach came up to me and he said, what's going on? And uh, one of the linebackers walked right up and said, Maddie figured out that the running back is telling us everything we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at his feet when his feet are flat. It's a pass, right? So we get ready to get on our horses, right? This isn't going to be anything else. Even when he was play actioning, it was like, nope, this is a pass. And then he was soon he was to get one foot up. So we go back to Dobbs and Dobbs lines up like a mannequin every single time. Reset mm -hmm. position one. Just like Devontae, just like all the other greats, just like Cooper Cup, right? Repes reset position one. And he gets so clean off the line. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited not only for this year, but for next year too. I think next year from an offensive standpoint, even if, even if Rodgers is gone and we're dealing with love, there, there's some hope for the future, right? Like we're not going to focus oh, yeah. too much on that this year. Other, like once these games are over, they go into – whatever it is that they go into. And we worry about who's on the field this year with the guys that aren't playing in the preseason. But dude, on the other side of the ball, I, I, I've got an upset for my 53. Um, Cause I think we're not going to keep seven wide receivers. We're going to keep six. Yeah. And I think um, that position is going to go to safety. And here's why okay. this kid, Micah Abernathy that they signed last yeah. week. I didn't even, you know, like I heard the name. It's like, okay. But, you know, Dexter Williams was the guy that I focused on because I know he was part of our team before. He knows the offense. You know, he, he was drafted by the LaFleur regime. So, stuck on that. But just keep an eye out next week for Micah Abernathy, six foot, 195. He's a first-year player out of the University of Tennessee. He signed with the Minnesota Vikings as an undrafted free agent in 2019. But he also spent a little bit of time with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Colts, just kind of bounced around, and then played for the Dallas Renegades in the XFL in 2020 and the Houston Gamblers of the USFL in 2022. This is one of those USFL guys. The USFL did something right, man, with the spring ball and the perfect timing of their season and what they did. Gave these guys a shot to be looked at, obviously, by the scouts in the NFL because they are getting picked up all over the place. And there are some players in there, man, that – might not, you know, Tennessee's a big school, so I'm surprised that he didn't stick on a team. But, man, he looks the part, dude. He looks the part. Yeah. And I'm going to see if he can string together another week of this stuff. I have a feeling they're going to give him a lot of snaps. And with Vernon Scott now hurt, you know, it's going to be Sean Davis, who's not a world beater. And you might be seeing Abernathy is that third or fourth. Um, or even just a special teamers. Well, I, I think because of special teams, and that's I, I asked for the snap counts this morning because I was curious, not for what they played on offense, but I was curious to see which guys are playing snap count-wise on special teams to give me a little clue for this 53 because I've got one week to figure this out. And that's really what's going to be the determining factor because special teams is still a clusterfuck, dude. I mean, it's just... Oh. Oh. I, I, I'm just you accepting know, if, the fact we're not going to have a special teams ever. If, if, if Coach Rich can get it close to say halfway yep. <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean it's <laughs> that dear god please sweet baby jesus yeah like i was hoping for 15 15 to 20 ranking now i'm hoping for 28 <laughs> <You know? laughs> let us just not be the worst i i i i mean here you go dude so Hanson, I'm just going to go through these on special teams just so, so we can kind of get a general idea from offensive linemen and every single player what we saw on special teams. So Jake Hanson, 4%. Van Lannan, 12%. Tom, 12%. Nyman, 12%. Newman, 12%. Sean Ryan, 16%. Caleb Jones, 4%. Myers, 4%. And what that tells me, Runyon, 4%. Minette, 4%. And Clary, 4%. So at the top of this list, you're looking at obviously our start, you know, our quote unquote starters, right? But Hansen, uh, Van Lannan, Tom, Nyman, and Newman um, with 12% of pop. And then Sean Ryan, who had a really bad game at 16%. So the rest of you guys, like Runyon, that we know is starting, Myers, that we know is starting, those dudes are not really playing special teams. So the offensive line is going to come down to those guys um that 
that can contribute on special teams from the offensive line standpoint, right? Because you're going to have your core guys, but those rotational guys are going to have to play on special teams. And right now the guy that's leading in the clubhouse based on the least amount of special team snaps and more starting snaps is Caleb Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, <sighs> you know what? On the special teams note, let's take a break. Brussels in Belgium, Central Illinois, LA, California, Nova Scotia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Northern Wisconsin, Sweden, Sheffield, we're in Michigan, Louisville, Kentucky, Seattle, Chita, Kansas, from the UK, Chicago, Illinois, Ranger, Indiana, from Melbourne, Australia, Omaha, Nebraska, Cincinnati, from Ohio, Nebraska, San Diego, from Willow Springs, Illinois, California, Nebraska, from Northern Michigan, Austin, Texas, California, LA, California, Turkey, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Indiana, Southern Cali. You were listening to Packers Without Borders. Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. People move into this groove up through the night. Take a flight to Paris, do a show, watch the glow in the spotlight. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Destiny. This is Yurai. It's Jimmy Cheesebutt. TJ Williams. Doran Stortigan. Shelly. It's Reed. Randy McGray. Peter Neebles. It's Mick. Alex Brown. Matt Stevenson. What's up? Matt Ramage. Andrew Falk. Matt Kuhneman. It's Eric. Bruce Banker. Matt. Matt Fraley. Chris. Chris McLeod. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Luke Sog. Kristen. Kimmy. Coach Hawn. Colton Moore. Dave Robbins. Kermit the Frog. Kelly Bruner. Eric. Luke Sog. Jeremy. Jimmy Cheesebutt. Jimmy. Bales of Hay. Guys, tune in. Great show. It's not just about football. I'll find a What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Okay, we're back. Uh, I needed a long break from talking about special teams. I can't believe we 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 don't look any better. I mean, there's still some time here, but I feel like. I feel like we're watching the band play while the Titanic is going down and we're going, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for me when I started seeing that. Because defense, just, just as a mean for the dual practices, defense ruled the day. But from a special steam standpoint, the first thing that came to mind was week two, Vellis Jones against the Bears, and he's going to have something to keep these fucking guys in the game and it's going to irritate the living shit out of me dude like that's that's what went that's where my brain went immediately upon looking at what we're doing on special teams again and i'm like come on man just just do your job because it's not a joke that you have to play as a unit and the problem is you have a bunch of single guys out there with individual talent to do stuff but they are not playing together and all you need one guy just one to not come up flat with everybody else, you have that one gunner. They and they got a little bit more aggressive in the second half and started bringing four gunners down instead of just one, and it seemed to fix things a little bit, being a little bit more aggressive. The problem is, if one of those four aggressive guys does not get to him or misses the tackle, the dude's gone for fifty-four yards or sixty yards or a touchdown. Yeah, but yeah. they're kind of changing the philosophy a little bit. But these guys are not coming up flat, man. Like in rugby, the first thing they teach you because you know. As, as a fullback who would have to kick the ball, I would have to run after punting the ball, and everybody would, and you could not run until I hit the line, right? And then everybody would yeah. come up, but we would literally yell at each other and almost stick out our hands so you can look to the side and see the guy's hands waving. So you're coming up as a flat line. So at least there's no holes because the cutbacks and those uneven lines is where the creases are. If you come up flat and there's a hat on a hat and you've got your four gunners, one guy should be able to take that dude down if you're coming up flat. The problem is they're coming up staggered and it's just, it's not working, man. Like that's just fundamental kickoff and punt coverage. It's come up flat, come up as a unit and they're not fucking doing it, man. Yeah. It's uh, to say the least frustrating. Well, you know, 
additional, just so I can go through these snap counts, because it is pretty telling for the back of the roster. Obviously, Goodson, he played 40% on special teams. He's the third running back right now. There's no question about that to me. And then Patrick Taylor at 36% and Dexter Williams at 24%. But really, Goodson is at number three. Um, when you start getting into the other guys, uh, Mac, Davis, DeGuara, um, Becker had no snaps on special teams, which means he's not going to be playing very much um, or off the team. But Mac, 44%, man. So apparently he's a special teamer, right? If he's going to make this team and he's going to be coming in here as that fourth or fifth tight end, depending on what we decide to do, it's going to be Mac. Davis and DeGuara, especially Taylor Davis and, and Mac, who 44 and 20% equally, you know, DeGuara 4%, not really that important. And then Canella uh, 16%. So they're using their tight ends, obviously on special teams, but really they're using those big bodied, um, those, those Mercedes Lewis types of guys on special teams that are getting the, the, the majority of the reps, but Mac um, not looking good in the start in, you know, on the, on the defense or on the offensive side of it, just kind of there, but on special teams contributing. And I'll be curious to see where he lands, man, because it's kind of up in the air right now that now that Daphne's gone and they've kind of obviously shown their hand and saying, this is it. It's going to be back or DeGuara um, behind Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just, they don't have any fear with Tanya not coming back because they would not have cut a tight end so early in the process had they not been pretty sure, you know, that, that Tanya is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Mari Rogers looks like the uh, punt return specialist. They used Rico huh. Gafford on the one huh. kickoff that we had. <laughs> well, fuck you. How about that? <laughs> this is the way I looked at it. Okay. <laughs> this is the way I looked at it. They drafted this guy to do this last year. They bring in the new coach, right? And he looks thinner and, and more. They have to hand it to him until he fucks it up. They have to. He's done the work. They got in somebody else. They have to. They have to give it to Amari Rogers until Amari screws it up. And once he screws it up, it'll go to somebody else. Or maybe he doesn't screw it up. And he does some really great plays. I mean, I remember a kid named Randall Cobb who all of a sudden showed up in a Saints game and returned a punt and a kick. Yeah, the big difference with that is his decision-making with the ball in the air, man. He has trouble tracking the ball in the air. And in the cold and with the wind in Lambeau, you really need to be decisive. And there was one play. Of course, it was an 80-fucking-two-yard punt, right? So he had to backtrack. But even backtracking, you should be able to track the ball. And he it bounced. He can get it on the first bounce, and he got lucky that it rolled into the end zone for a touchback. But the second punt right after that was 63 yards. You just fielded an 82-yard punt. Why the hell are you up at the 50, you know, for a 50-yard punt? Played a little further back again over his head. And this time what he did is in not noticing where the, where the goal line was, he took it right at the goal line and took it out. What you do is you let that ball go, and he got it out to the 11-yard line. What do you Gee. do? Like you need, you have to have awareness, and that is something that he's missing on those on those punt returns. You should already know this dude is has a tendency to pull it a little bit at left, pull it like after one or two punts, and especially after six straight fucking punts. You know, you should fucking know where the ball's gonna land because it's going in the same direction. So all you need to do is just kind of be in the right positioning, and his awareness around the ball when it's in the air is not good, and that's my that's yeah. why I didn't think they were gonna keep him back there but you don't know i mean that's what they he has to learn we need to have that guy because i don't want randall cobb back there i don't want Dobbs no. back there i don't want no. watkins back there i don't want aaron no. jones back there like no we, we need a specialist to just do that and know what you're fucking doing because it is such a game changer i mean the the saints got points off of huge returns that was it and, yeah. and you know the defense stood very tall on some of these short fields that special teams left them but we don't want to keep testing our defense that way constantly and constantly and constantly because then they're going to start getting fucking tired and they're going to start wearing down a little bit as opposed to wearing down the other the offense and the other guys and making them have to drive down the field and go 75 yards as opposed to 50 yards or 60 yards you know like it, it yeah it, it, it's an issue, man, and I'm not going <laughs> to – fuck me, dude. Like, it's just so frustrating. It's frustrating because it's not, it's not fixing. 
and it's been a couple of years of this. That's why it's so frustrating is because it's not like this is a new thing and they're like, oh, shit, we're struggling with special teams this year. Or they're saying, oh, last year was so bad, we're trying to sh-. – no, it's been the last few years yep. have been really bad. Yeah, We haven't had good special teams. And Lafleur hasn't had that fixed yet. Now, the Aaron Rodgers factor, he takes care of – you know, that's why we're 13-3. and three. But – And time of possession we're is not- there, and it's going to get better. Even with Love and Etling – we still won the, the time of possession game. So, yeah. you know, that also helps quite a bit too because our defense isn't going to be out there. We're going to have long sustained drives to keep everybody healthy. We're not going to be having to rely so much on special teams. You know, it might be two or three times a game, not six or seven times a game like it was this time. So less mistakes, less opportunity. So th- there's hope there having our ones and having Aaron Rodgers at the helm and having our actual defensive starters. There was two sure turnovers that we should have had one that hit you know it just hits davis in the hands and you're like rizzle douglas would have had that and taken that back for six like literally yeah. like that's the first thing that came to mind with me man so there's those kind of compound but i do want to finish on the packers on a very positive note because it was the, one of the coolest things i've fucking seen as soon as aaron Rodgers comes on the screen for a fucking interview with the guys um because I was watching the Packer broadcast out of Milwaukee because I'm not going to listen to the Saints yeah. broadcast. And they're talking to him in about two minutes into, like two questions into the interview. They're like, well, what do you think of Etling? You know, and he's like, the kid, you know, just said he asked me to let everybody know that he got a really nice haircut. You know, just kind of fucking with him. And he says, but he's going to make a play. He's, he said, this guy is one, he's one step away from a big play. And as soon as he says that, dude, Etling. 51 yards. Oh. And did not pull a Daniel Jones and fall on his face like a couple yards. But like he was trucking, man. I bet you he probably hit 18 to 20 miles an hour on that scamper. Such a beautiful play. And Aaron Rodgers goes over. And this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, he goes over there and high fives the guy and talks to him and looks him in the face. And you can see that he's genuinely happy. And that's the part that irritates me about people criticizing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, and, and I see it more this year than. Then others where I'm saying, remember we talked at the beginning of this training camp that we saw a lot of leaders on defense and we weren't really seeing any leaders on offense other than maybe Randall Cobb. That's not the case, man. Like Aaron Rodgers is being a much more vocal leader this year, which is something we hadn't seen out of him. And a lot of it was probably just the fear of what we know is going to happen, that he's going to be criticized regardless of what he says. But this year he's not giving a shit. And he went over to this kid. And then, of course, everybody starts right on Twitter with, the, the third quarterback love, right? Just like with Ben Kurt with all of these guys where everybody gets excited about a third quarterback. But the dude can ball. You know, he he's a great third quarterback. He's a great practice squad quarterback. That's what he is. So just a really cool play, man. And, and, and I was glad that we were able to do that. And it was actually the deciding touchdown, right? Like we pulled away with that and brought it to 20 to 10. And, and that was the game. So good yeah. for Rettling. Really cool to see Aaron Rodgers call it right on live TV. It was fucking awesome to see. Beauty. Yeah, incredible run. That kid's got some wheels, and everybody bit on that fake really well. It was perfect. Perfect time for it. Perfect call. And that's something that Jordan did, too. I want people to go back and look at the Jordan series and see how well he sold that play action. Like, his play action passes, especially on those end arounds. Dude, he turned his back completely to the defense and trusted his offensive line 100% to let everything develop, and the timing was perfect. They did it three times in a row. Obviously, by the third time, they read it, and it was a tackle for, for two, a two-yard loss with Toure. But, you know, it, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see that the guy's actually seeing the field and trusting his offensive line. And I think that gives Aaron Rodgers some confidence as well, just seeing that these guys are actually balling you know, on the offensive line, not as worried as I was before on the offensive line. Like I was last week, pretty confident still. Our edge is just, oh, dude, the rotational players that we have and the pressure that we're going to bring this year. Enig Barr made a a move that I'd never seen him in life. He punched with his right as he was going left and actually slid under the dude, like literally on his knee, slid, popped up, and almost got to the quarterback. Like, I was like, holy fuck, dude, I'd never seen that move. These guys are legit, and we're going to – there's a lot to love about this team, and I can't wait for next week, and I do. I do, I do hope to see some starters next week, man. I, I really do. I want to see just a little bit, just 
just just let let me see a little glistening of sweat off of the sweaters uh, off of the starters so uh i can get excited it's a weird thing to get excited about okay no, it's not <laughs> sweaty man wow wow sweaty speaking of sweat we've got a huge announcement don't we i don't know do we do we want to let people know i don't know do we do we wait until monday i think we wait until monday you know what let's leave it like this okay monday's episode there'll be a surprise a major announcement, a huge announcement, the greatest announcement on the planet. <laughs> and it's going to affect the pod, and it's also going to affect the Fantasy Football League. Oh, yeah. Oh, in a very, very positive way. You a guys are so lucky. You guys are so lucky. Oh, you lucky. have no idea. You have no idea. You should see what Bruce does for you guys. I mean, the amount of butt kissing that Bruce does. In a day for this podcast, I'm surprised his lips aren't chapped. Hey, you know what happens is (laughs) God gave me the gift of gab. I have a BS and BS. I, uh, you have a BA and BS. That's right, buddy. (laughs) That's it. Like I can completely, God gave me the gift to sell and I was able to, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. Yeah, we're going to wait just a little bit. Just a little bit. We're almost there. Relax. You're, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Carla, calm down. But okay? we're like Don't high school girls in trouble. It's like high school girls in trouble. You remember that movie, Kentucky Fried Movie? Yes. All the <laughs> boobs in it? Yes. Yeah. High school girls in trouble. I was like, I was Catholic like, high school girls how, in how old was I when I first saw that? I, I was probably like 10 or 12 or something. And we convinced my mom that she should rent it for us. And the girl behind the counter was like, ah, this is an R-rated movie. Are you sure you want to get this for your kids? And she was like, yeah. And she kind of looked at us and we were like, oh, I guess there's some swearing in it. We knew. Yeah. We knew. My mom didn't know. Didn't have a clue. My, my, My poor innocent mom. And then she rented this. And she said she knew that there was something bad because you guys were dead silent 30 minutes into the movie. And she comes around the corner and it's just boobs everywhere. Mr. T boobs. <laughs> Dude, in college, the first time I ever saw it, because I was not as white as most people in college, right? Like I, I went to Texas Tech. That was like Hick Central. And here, little white kid from El Paso, but very Mexican was the beaner, right? Like I, yeah. I dealt with all that stuff there, but one of my uh, uh, in the dorms, a guy that lived like two or three doors down in the first year in the dorms, his name was Ryan. I just I just have this vividly remembering the dude always would go rent these fucked up movies that he knew. And that's how yeah. I got to learn about Kentucky Fried Movie. There was another one called Amazon Women from the Moon. Which yes. Was a bu- <laughs> yes. That one got me through ages 13, 14 and 15. Oh, that's why I married my wife. I was like, I'm going to marry a tall woman. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. That's more legs and boobs and torso and body for me to play with. Oh, my God. This is why I had such a huge crush on Elle McPherson. Do you remember Elle McPherson? Of course I remember Elle McPherson. She was like like six foot tall and five nine of it was legs. Yes. I mean. You know who my favorite um i guess like that type of model swimsuit whatever it was kathy ireland no no dude it was bo Derek. oh oh bo was a perfect 10 and you know even when she did the playboy uh issue remember she was like 50 yeah i was so not disappointed no it was good <laughs> <laughs> that was art okay yeah. art no there's a difference okay Playboy, like even my wife will concede to this, right? Playboy in like the 50s, 60s, and even into the 70s, maybe very early 80s, it was more of an art piece, right? It wasn't until like they, Hustler came around to show you. Oh, like, yeah, and all of those things. Watch, and watch this you, and watch yeah. that. Oh, look, you can see both ovaries. I don't need to see all of that. <laughs> no. I don't need to see all of that, okay? No. I want a little bit to the imagination. I like it when, you know... She's actually wearing a little bit of clothing. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? just tassels on the nips. We're good. That's that's it. One on the one right on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you know some of those some of those old pictures, especially when they did they went to like the ski lodges and they used the brush lighting and stuff like that on the pictures. Like you're like, how could you not think this is the classiest of all boob pics you've ever seen in your life? Right. This isn't even pornography anymore. No, it, that's right? why the, I love 80s movies so much because there was enough. It was revealing enough. Like, what was it? Wasn't Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which was the movie where that hot girl with the big brown eyes came out of the pool? Like, really? That was Fast movie. Times at Ridgemont High. There that was Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Are you kidding me? She comes out uh, to the cars uh, uh, play, uh, living in stereo. That was the name of the song. Don't, 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 don't. Hi, Brad. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? That is one of the most iconic scenes. Every time Fast Times at Ridgemont High is on television, I watch it up to that point, and then I don't need to see the rest. See, that's kind of – yeah, I was going to say that. And I just saw one recently with my kids that that I remember was pretty good. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I just – you know, Aerosmith has a very beautiful daughter. Um, But Oh, yeah, Liv Liv Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. And – there's a movie from the nineties. It kind of took a spin off of that type of just that feel of a movie from the eighties. And that is empire records. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. With Jack black. Oh. No, it wasn't Jack black. No, um, Jack black. No, it was, um, no, 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 no. It was the empire records where it's like a music store and similar to what they try to do with, uh, the Tom Cruise movie that was later on, uh, Rock of Ages, where they're like going to close something down in anti. But this was like a an old music store, like the old of its breed, and the big and the big store, the big CD stores were coming in, and this dude sold records, right? And okay. he had just a bunch of misfit kids that he picked up off of the street to work for him. They were all people with like mental issues and just problems at home and so just kind of you know just just the dad dude Ugh, alec baldwin yeah. uh it was alec baldwin was you know no not alec baldwin what the fuck was the name of that guy he's not i can't even remember the name of the actor but anyway that movie was very similar because you had just ladies you know it's like oh my god like this is just this is just teenage gold <laughs> <laughs> dirty old pervert oh. you know it yeah <laughs> You know it. Yeah. Oh. No, they don't they don't make the movies like that anymore. Like now when you watch some movies, it's like they do a sex scene and it's like I didn't need to see half of that sex scene. No. Yeah. You know, I didn't need to see you choking her while you're doing this. This is yeah. like like that's like, why I never yeah. understood why Fifty Shades of Grey had any type of popularity. Like I wasn't even interested in seeing that movie. Like I'm Well, just I think like, it was more for women though, eh, Bruce? <laughs> I think that movie was more for women. Well, my wife wanted me to watch it, and I said no. Well, of course, because she wants you to, oh, my gosh. So did you did you make a sex room? Well, we've got a swing that comes down from the roof. There you does go. Does that count? That does count. Okay. That does Good. count. How many times does she let you go on the swing? <laughs> I'm like a little midget clown. <laughs> well, I should say a small person clown on, yeah. the, on a swing. Your penis vagina, <laughs> penis vagina, even though I can't edit it out. No, you can't. It's there forever, living in infamy in podcast. <laughs> infamy. Yeah, you know what we do. You know what we do in the uh, we we we, uh, we get into the trailer at night, and uh, I turn on a different podcast. And uh, the other night we were listening to UFO podcasts uh, coming out of uh, the UK, where the guy was uh, a host, and uh, they talked about uh, you know they've got recordings of different UFOs and. Uh, and uh, things and they talk about these things it's kind of interesting and it's kind of creepy while you're in the uh the trailer in the middle of the lake right nobody mm-hmm. around for miles and so last night we listened to uh, some ghost podcasts and those ones are they're hit and miss because some of them are like yeah so i saw this thing it looked like the devil ah. right and you're like dude like you were just high on meth like just don't call in right and then you get some other ones where these people are, they sound very intelligent. They sound very sincere. And then they describe a situation in which a ghost interacted with them. And mm-hmm. it gives me the bloody chills. I mean, there that... is, when you come down here, um, Google DeSoto Hotel El Paso. 
So last year, a couple months ago, um, one of the older hotels downtown, um, the DeSoto Hotel, just the top floor, just completely engulfed in flames because they were going to tear it down. It was condemned by the city and they were going to have to gut it, fix it, you know, to get it going and try to restore it because El Paso has done a really good job of trying to keep the history of downtown beautiful. Um, But that you look at the flames and they've got pictures and you can literally see the flames coming out of the window in the shape of a devil dude. And it is so fucking scary. And as it's lighting, they've got some pictures and you can see in the windows, like just like I'm getting chills right now, just seeing ghosts as the building is burning. And it was just the top floor that burned completely. The rest of it completely intact other than smoke and stuff, but it was just the yeah. top that got completely engulfed in flames. Look up the DeSoto hotel. Um, and wow. when you come down here, I'll take you down there because I know you like, those ghost things and things like that. That is definitely, well, I've seen got... one. Yep. I've seen one and I interacted with one and I know some people, they roll their eyes. If you listen to an earlier episode, I mean, we talked about it with uh, Alex Brown, I think it was. Yep. Yep. And uh, I like, I, I legitimately in the middle of the day, I was not high. I was stone sober. I interacted with one that was five or six feet from me. Uh, it was a solid figure. I thought somebody had walked into my kitchen. And it was an old lady who was smiling. I didn't feel threatened or anything. I just thought that, you know, someone needs to come collect their grandma. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then after I asked her a question, she completely vanished right in front of me. And that's when I realized, holy freaking crap. <laughs> right. And your brain does like that kind of like that, that fizzle spark where it goes, yes. oh no, it could have been, um, yeah, you're trying to, it, you try it, it to convince been, yourself uh, of something else. You, like, yeah. Your brain immediately goes to logic, like, what just fucking happened, right? I must have passed out and she left. That's yep. what must have happened. Yeah. <laughs> right? But, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I like to hear them. Um, you know, I did do a, a lot of uh, magic when uh, I was... Uh, uh, a teenager and uh, up until I was about 24 years old, when you're a single guy, uh, yeah. you got to do something with your hands other than, you know, build your forearms. So I learned a lot of magic. <laughs> so a lot of these times you hear, you see like videos oh, and stuff like that. You just right? blew you see... by that like nothing. Good God. Well, fuck, you don't think I got Popeye arms because I work out. I mean, geez. Yeah, it's, well, it's because you push a mower. And trimmer. Yeah, and yeah, that's what we call it too. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of trimmers. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, so. And then, and, 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 uh, um, so when I see like some of these videos and stuff like that, I'm always one of those guys that go, no, wait, I, I, I know I can do this, right? When I'm yeah. watching America's Got Talent, I'm like, I know how this is done. I can do this trick. It's just presented in a very good way. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I'll slow it down and show my wife. And she's like, that's exactly what happened. I'm like, that's exactly what happened. Right. Like it, it's a great illusion, but when you know it, you kind of roll your eyes like, Bleh. right. Yeah. So when I see some of these ghost videos, I'm always like, meh. Right. It's like, how many people believed the movie, the movie paranormal activity was a documentary or the Blair witch project was a documentary. Right. 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 Everybody did. Everybody that and their dog. Anybody like it. I just got dizzy with that movie. That's what happened right? to me with Blair Witch. Yeah. So there's a lot of this trickery that goes on, and I can really decipher it. But I, I like to uh, I, I like to get into the ghosts and stuff because some of it is is pretty freaking fascinating. You know, like when you watch, uh, uh, they do like uh, electronic voice recording, whether or not that even really works. And they get like a little girl's voice, and the little girl says like Rosie. And they're like, oh, okay. So then the next day they bring in this psychic. And the psychic Chip Coffee, right? Yeah. Chip Coffee comes in and he's standing here and he goes, Oh, uh, it's a little girl. And then he's like, Oh, her, her name is Ruby. That shit freaks me the fuck out, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Teresa Caputo talking to the dead, right? And, and she's bringing in like, oh, uh, your dad said that he left his wedding ring on the nightstand the day that he was killed. And it's like, fuck off. Yes, he did. You know, how do you know yeah. that? Yeah. When they do the, oh, you had a woman that passed away. Well, of course, I'm a human being. Like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, developed in a lab like Heidi Klum. Of course, there was a woman that passed away in my past. If I'm older than the age of one, 
I probably have a woman in my past. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. So when they do that stuff, I kind of roll my eyes a bit, but I like it when they go, uh, your name is Bruce. And you're like, yeah. And they go, and your wife's name is Paulina. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And they start really giving you specifics, right? Because oh, I, like I had a DMs. woman, I, especially in your DMs, have you tried Bitcoin mining? So <laughs> I, 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 I've always said, listen, I'll believe the first person who uh, gets in touch with me and gives me, you know, I, uh, 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 a real message. Right. Like I want to hear a real message. I don't want to, I don't want to, Oh, you had, Oh, I see a father figure in your back. Well, yeah, of course. It's probably about 50 of them. Narrow it down. Right. I want to hear somebody say, listen, your grandfather so-and-so says this, this, and this, and this. And you know, it's, you out know, there. yeah, no. And it's out there because that's why I enjoyed, like, I won't like just sticking on the movie theme that black phone was fantastic for that reason. It was just kind of like, which ones are real, which ones are not, who's a ghost, who's not. And then all of a sudden they just make it really obvious, but pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. dude. I mean, I, I've always had that. And as you get older, I think you lose the sensitivity, but always as a little kid and moving through this, I was one of those um, very sensitive people. And I know we talked about this before, but the biggest one for yeah. me was with my dad um, and my middle daughter um who she would be playing you know in her room she was what like maybe three or four years old and she did this through at least nine or ten where she'd sit there and she'd be playing she'd be talking to somebody you know and she was talking to um somebody and initially it was my dad like we found out because at one point like my wife and i were just in you know we're in the we're in the bathroom getting ready or whatever it was to go out at dinner or whatever we're going to do and she just kind of walks up out of nowhere and she's just this tiny little like just, just this little cute little thing that is no longer cute. And well, she's still cute, but she's not, she's a pain in the ass now, but she walks <laughs> up to us and she says, so did you know that grandpa Bruce died because the doctor gave him the wrong medication? And we were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like we never, like I had never even told anybody that that had happened yeah. other than my wife. And she looks at yeah. me she's like, did you tell her something? I was like, I've never told a soul what happened with my dad. So, you know, after that, and she, we would now, like, once you kind of feel it again, I would walk into the room when I saw her and I could smell my dad, you know? Yeah. So that, that's, that's more, it, I get chills just thinking about it because it, it really does happen. Like I, I have no doubt whether you and I are open to that sensibility and people don't believe that or not. And because you're not willing to believe it won't happen, but if you're open to it, usually what happens is if <laughs> you get those types of like the universe kind of gives you those vibes. Just like when you put out positive vibes, you get positive vibes. If you put out, there are more planets vibes. in the universe than there are grains of sand on this planet. Trust me, the impossible is happening and it's happening and, and it's happening somewhere all the time. It's happening yeah. somewhere all the time. So everybody's just got to keep your minds open to the realm and possibility of the impossible. Absolutely, man. Well, perfect let's, note. Let's finish with, I'm going to try to make you laugh with stupid fucking jokes. Ready? Okay. And, and they're ghost related because obviously we talked about ghosts. So yeah, you do not, you do not have to laugh. Um, unless okay. you want to make me feel good, but okay. the idea is do not laugh. <laughs> the idea is do not laugh. Unless, unless you're heartless. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Why do skeletons enjoy sex with dainty women? I don't know. They like to bon appetit. Oh, I bone the petite. I get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. How do okay. skeletons make babies? I don't know. They bone. Why oh. do witches have babies? Why don't witches have babies? Because even at 2 a.m. they're not good looking? I don't know. Their husbands have crystal balls. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Why do witches hate hanging out with headless horsemen? Because they don't give head. Correct. <laughs> That's like that joke. That's like that joke for women. It says, what do you, what do you call a guy that doesn't go down on women? You what? don't. <laughs> <laughs> so why 
Why is it that witches wear no panties? To get a better grip on the broom. Correct. <laughs> oh, that's terrible that I knew that. Why did the vampire, what did the vampire say to the teacher? Uh, I don't know. See you next period. Oh, go okay. We're done. All right. <laughs> That'll be enough of that, young man. Right on, brother. Monday, back, back in the in the kitchen studio. Back in the saddle again. Yeah, back in the kitchen studio. Right now, I'm looking out at the lake. It is uh, less than twenty yards from where I'm standing, and there is barely a ripple in it. There's not a cloud in the sky. My kids are swimming in it right now, and I'm going to get off this and get in that water sounds good buddy you enjoy yourself i've got to keep getting ready for the family coming over i'm going to go take a little peek see at that uh brisket probably brush it a little bit with some uh barbecue sauce that i've got here some stubs barbecue out of austin texas and yeah. get sucker going right on brother sounds good big peace. announcement don't forget oh wait no no peace oh. don't forget Mo- monday uh-huh. mailbag don't forget Monday Mailbag if you've got any questions for us for Monday's Mailbag. Mailbag Monday, 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 Monday. Telemundo. Telemundo. If you've got any questions for us uh, for Mailbag Monday, you can send them to us at PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. That's all one word, PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. Or you can DM us at Borders Packers on our Twitter. Find us on our Facebook, Facebook, uh, Packers Without Borders. YouTube, Packers Without Borders. Instagram, Packers Without Borders. Dos Papas. Have a good day. Peace. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.